Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. Please remain standing for those who are able for the reading of our scripture this morning. I will be reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, beginning with verse 11. Hear these words. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was cleaned, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. And you may be seated. Thank you to our bells and their beautiful gift of music. And you will see that, yes. <laughs> and you will see that listed by the scripture lesson was Molly Orr. And unfortunately, Molly was not able to read for us this morning. She is home with a stomach bug. Yeah, but her mom is here, so we're grateful for that. But um, we'll have her read another time because she is a great blessing to this church. And I don't even know if I should mention it at this service. I mentioned it at the last service because, um, well, after, I don't know if you all know this, but after I give the announcements, I go around the back, and I had two um, ushers. They usually take me around the back, and they, we talk a little bit, and they said, you didn't mention the Georgia game. And I said, well, I, I didn't know that I needed to. They just played Tennessee. No. I am not. Clearly, I don't know football. Okay. So here's what I want to say to you this morning. Congratulations to the Bulldogs and my condolences <laughs> to Tennessee. <laughs> so I thought I would just throw that out there. <laughs> hmm. It is good to have our weekday families with us this morning. We are grateful, and we are blessed that you allow us to have your children with us. It's, it's a great privilege, and we know that. Um, and we take good care, and Mary-Kate takes good care of them, and so we are, we are grateful for that. I do want to offer a word of thanks uh, to many of you here in the congregation and those who are joining us at home. I want to thank you for the words of appreciation um, that you have showered upon the clergy of this church over these past couple of weeks in honor of clergy appreciation. 
It's nice to go to your mailbox and put your hand in there because sometimes you just never know what you're going to get. And then to pull out notes and cards from you with nice and kind and affirming words of love and kindness and support. And it's been very humbling and encouraging. So I want to say to each of you, thank you for those wonderful, wonderful notes that have come from you. For those who are joining us here for the first time, we are actually in our third week of our sermon series called Always Be Thankful. Always be thankful. Because it's that time of year when we hear this word and we need to be a little bit more intentional about what it means to be thankful. We're preparing for Thanksgiving. Believe it or not, it's, gosh, just, what, two weeks? Less than 10 days, probably. Is it about 10 days away? But then right after Thanksgiving, we head into the holidays of Advent, right? Preparing ourselves for Christmas. And so times can get really, really busy, and we've got all these things that are going on. There's parties and there's gifts. Um, and celebrations, and lots of things that are happening. And so I thought we'd take this time, these four weeks, to just think about what does it mean to say those two most powerful words, thank you. Because I don't know that we do it enough. I don't know that we take enough time or we say those words enough to our family and our friends and those around us to just say thank you, thank you. The most precious gifts are those from children. I mean, how many of us have received a a thank you note from a child and often it's misspelled and there's stick figures or there's something that you know that it's from a child. I I often get thank yous or little little gifts of little cards or notes from children in worship. And I remember one in particular, his mom was holding him and he handed me this little card and it had a heart on it. And then on the inside, it said, I love you. I thought that was really sweet. And I looked at him and I said, thank you. And he nestled his head into his mother's neck. But those are precious moments when little children say things like that. And we keep those memories. There was a, uh, a woman named Mrs. Davies. And Mrs. Davies, she would sit on her front porch. And maybe you grew up with this. She would sit out there. And as the kids would play outside, um, she would wave and she would smile at them. And then when she would have her head down and maybe she was um doing a crossword puzzle or she was reading something and she didn't have her head up, the kids would say, Mrs. Davies, Mrs. Davies, watch me. And she would raise her head and they would wave and she would wave back. And one day she came out onto her porch and she had a little table next to her and she looked and she saw that there was a little note there um, addressed to her. And of course it had her name on it, it was misspelled. That's the only time misspelling is an endearment, by the way, is when it comes from the hand of a child. But inside of it, it said, you are nice. Thank you. And Mrs. Davies knew how precious that gift was, and it brought tears to her eyes, in part because one of those many kids took the time to write a thank you to her, and it made all, all the difference to her. The story that we just read to you from Luke's gospel about thankfulness is hardly, though, a sweet little thank you from a thank you from a child that we might receive. In fact, I think it's quite jarring. It's shocking. Maybe it even causes us to cringe just a little bit because, well, the one giving thanks is an outcast, is an outcast, is a leper, someone that we might not want to encounter on the street. And maybe if we see them in the distance, we might walk on the other side of the street thinking, I don't want to encounter them. I don't want to look them in the eye. I don't want to see them. I don't want to touch them. I don't even want to smell them. Or maybe that wouldn't be us. 
Maybe we would assume that someone else would do that. I can say, though, in full honesty, full transparency, I've never met a leper. Have you ever met a leper? I've heard about them. I've read about them. And I've heard that they're not nice to look at or those who do have this skin disease. I know there's a lot of fear surrounding them. And I've heard about colonies in the past where they've taken these individuals and they've put them there to live. But I've never seen one. I've, no, I've, ne- I've never seen a leper. Dr. Luke has, and we hear about that. He must have seen a leper or two in his time as well. Maybe even treated one from time to time. You know, putting on that full medical garb, putting on that hat, maybe that mask, those gloves. Someone comes into the office, it's a leper, he looks at it, looks at the wounds and the sores on the body and says, yep, that's what it is, that's leprosy. He takes out his prescription pad and he writes up a prescription for the leper. Use this salve on your sores if it starts to hurt after a while. And oh, by the way, here's the location of a colony where you're going to have to go live for a while or, or maybe indefinitely because you can't live, you can't, you can't go back. You can't live in, in the community where you were at. In fact, you're going to have to go and say goodbye to your family. You're going to have to say goodbye to your friends. You can't live there. You're going to need to quit your job. And if you've planned any vacations, you're going to have to cancel them all. And don't, I hate to say this, but don't forget, you're going to have to burn your clothes. You're going to have to burn your clothes. And whatever you do, don't touch anyone. Oh, and here's a mask. Here's some hand sanitizer. Here's some gloves, just in case you might need them. I've never met a leper. I've never met a leper. But as I walked the hillsides of Assisi several years ago, I heard about a young, a young man by the name of Francis. And he met quite a few lepers, Francis did. And he openly admitted that the sight of a leper would make him nauseous, would make his stomach hurt, and he would be filled with fear and horror, and he would be filled with disgust. And whenever he would see a leper, he would run away from him. And <laughs> some people have fears of snakes or spiders. Some have fear of the boogeyman. But Francis, Francis had fears of lepers. But then something happened to Francis. He, it was a God thing. He became a Christian. And so on one of those hillsides in Assisi, he was riding his horse. And he noticed in the, differ, the distance that there was a leper. And so instead of turning away and running out of disgust, he stops And he gets off of his horse, and the leper thinks that he's about to hand him something. And he he gets off the horse, and he goes up to the leper, and he kisses him. And he kisses the leper, and he confronts his fear with the lepers. And he says that he did this because he was showing mercy because it was what God wanted him to do. And when he got back on his horse and to head out, he turned to look back, and he noticed that the leper wasn't there anymore. And he thought that maybe, just maybe, that that leper was Christ himself. No, I can honestly say, I've never met a leper. But I wonder how I would respond if I encountered a leper. Have you ever wondered that? I would like to think that this leper would not repulse me. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We know how Jesus responds to the lepers. It's shared in the children's message. We heard it in the scripture. There's no confusion about Jesus' response. 
He doesn't have any revulsion or disgust. He doesn't walk on the other side of the road. He has only pity and mercy and compassion on them. And we can see in Luke's gospel that Jesus met his fair share of lepers. In fact, this encounter that we have here in this chapter is, is not the first time Jesus met a leper. It happened early on when he was calling his first disciples, come and follow me, come and follow me. And they were by the Sea of Galilee. Follow me and don't be afraid because I'm going to teach you to be fishers of people. And then immediately this first calling, they encounter a leper. And, and I just can't help but think and wonder and reflect that, that maybe somehow this healing of a leper has something to do about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, that in some way we are called to encounter the leper who's an outcast in the community. But Jesus is always, always doing things like that, isn't he? He's always encountering the misfits and the outcasts, hanging out with them. The people that some might say want to keep hidden behind walls, or we want to put them in places where you can't see them, or draw lines so they can't cross over. We put boundaries around people, the marginalized, the poor, the uneducated, those hunkered down in the backwaters of towns and cities. They're all over. The lepers approach Jesus and they shout, Master, Master. This is the only time actually in the Gospels that we ever hear someone other than the disciples saying master to Jesus. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And they actually have to call out to warn Jesus because it's the law. You have to give warning because you're a leper, you are unclean, and you have to give notice that you're around. And so they have to shout this to Jesus so that he pays attention, so that he hears this. Because you cannot catch people unaware. And before Jesus says a word... He sees them. He sees them. And he sees that they are lepers, the outcasts, the marginalized, the ones who have no real home in a community because they are considered unclean. And they have to live outside of the community in groups with others. No one wants to go near them or touch them. Jesus sees them. He acknowledges them and he heals them. This is what we read. This is what we hear. This healing that happens is a game changer. It's a game changer. It's a ticket to come back into the community. Could you imagine being ostracized from your community because of something that's on your skin? And all they have to do, these lepers, is go to the priest and be diagnosed as clean. You're okay. You can go back into community. It's huge, and they know it. Something significant has just happened. And so eager are they to hug their loved ones. So eager are they to have a meal together. So eager are they probably to watch Sunday football that they don't miss a beat and they run. They run so that they can be welcomed into the arms of their families. Because they'll no longer be an outcast. They'll no longer be an outcast. Now, I think that many a preacher at this point in the message would probably follow those nine and say, don't be like them. Don't be like them. Be sure and go back and say thank you. We know that. We know that. We are supposed to go back and say thank you. We've 
our mamas raised us well. But I don't want to do that. Because if we do that, then we're going to miss out on that one leper and the significant thing that happened with that one leper. We hear that he turns back, he sees that he's cleaned, and he has to make a decision. What's he going to do? And he decides to go back, and he throws himself at the feet of Jesus in an act of worship, acknowledging that something extraordinary has just happened. And he says, thank you. (laughs) How wonderful it is that that leper looks down and sees that he's healed and turns back to praise God. But there's something else there. It's so subtle. It's so small. It's so small that we might not even catch it. We might not even catch it. It's a pithy little sentence. It's so small. It's caught between these gallant acts of thanksgiving. This one, le- this one leper returns, and it says, and he was a Samaritan. It was a Samaritan, an outcast of the outcasts, reviled by the Jews. And he's the one that turns around and says, thank you? Jesus sees the irony in it, and he asks the question, were not ten made clean? Where are the other nine? He's asking, where are the Jews? But doesn't it remind us of another story? It does me. The man was going down to Jericho, and he fell into the hands of robbers. You know that one? And he was left for dead. A priest saw the man lying in the ditch, but walked on the other side. A Levite saw the man lying in a ditch and walked on the other side. And then a Samaritan comes by, and he is so moved with pity and compassion. He's the one that drags the man out of the ditch. It's any wonder that he's called the Good Samaritan. Well, you know the rest of the story. It can sometimes be, I think, those who have experienced pain, suffering, isolation, the least suspecting person that you would think would be grateful are the ones that are saying thank you because they know that they're being made well, they're being made clean, they're being made whole, they're being made into a new creation because it's an act of a loving God and we call that grace. We call that an act of grace. The nine lepers left. They did not give thanks. They might have felt it in their hearts, but they didn't verbalize it and they didn't show it. And they missed out. And they missed out on being made well. And this word made well, these words, means to be saved. Because not only was that one leper healed on the outside, he was healed on the inside. Being thankful is like saying grace. You say grace before a meal. You gather with your family. And we say, blessed be these gifts which we are about to receive through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's like saying grace. I've never met a leper. I've never met a leper. But there may be people around us who might at times have felt like one. I know when COVID first hit everyone, everyone was hush, 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 hush about who had it because there was a stigma attached to those who had it in the early months. Remember that? 
Or maybe someone who's had cancer. My mother had cancer, and she shared with me that people started to look at you differently. They started to act differently, as if they could somehow get your cancer if they come too close. And then I remember during the Great Recession that when people started losing their jobs and they lost them, lots and lots and lots of people lost their jobs. And people would start to avoid you because somehow or another your unemployment impacted them and maybe they might become unemployed just by association. Almost as if you were a leper. And there was in the 80s and the 90s that horrible, horrible, frightening, terrible AIDS epidemic. Do you remember that? Fred Craddock tells the story. He's a great preacher. Tells the story about when he was a professor at Candler. And during this time, he'd heard about a young man in his early 20s who was dying from AIDS. And he had no church connection, um, but they learned that his family had a church connection, so they decided to call the church and get that minister there. So the minister goes to the hospital, and they open the door where the young man is at, and the, uh, the minister won't cross the threshold and yells in a prayer over the man. And then another minister in South Atlanta, near Forest Park, heard about this and decided that she was going to go and be with that man, that young man. She was hoping he was still alive. So she goes to the hospital. They open the door. She goes. She takes the chair. She sits down next to the bed. And she takes that head of that man and cradles it in her arms. She sings. She reads the scripture, she prays, and he dies. Some of the seminarians were astounded and shocked at her behavior. Weren't you scared? Weren't you scared? He has AIDS. She said, of course I was scared. Of course I was scared. I bet you I bathed 60 times, she said. Well, then why did you do it? Why did you do it? And she said, I just imagined that if Jesus had gotten that call, what would he have done? And I just had to do it. (laughs) I wonder what the last words of that young man were. I don't know. But perhaps if he had words and he shared them, maybe they would have been expressed of of the grace that had been shown to him by this woman, this minister, because someone saw him as a human being, and maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe, just maybe, he would have uttered two simple words that are never, ever shared enough that we need to hear, that we need to share, that the world needs to hear, those two words, thank you. And I wonder if the minister that day realized she was not just any minister. She was a Christian minister. It's kind of like gathering at the table with your family. This thing we call 
grace and this thing we call thank you. We need to acknowledge it and we need to ask for God's blessing upon it and we need to share it and we need to share it. May we do so. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.